What is up, everyone? I am Kyle. I'm with Danny. This is Edited Truth. We are back for more casting of the pod, if you will. Um, today we are talking about 90s, late 90s, early 2000s uh, movie soundtracks, OSTs, back in the day when OSTs actually meant something, had meaning. We also got some news. We got some good, the bad, and the ugly. But of course, we're first going to start it off, Danny. Mm-hmm. Danny's here, by the way. Oh, I'm here. Yeah, I'm he's here. here. He's ready. I'm here. I know he's what's ready. coming. He's, I know what's we're going to start it off with some oh, cringe. Here, here we go. Are you ready for this, Danny? I, I might You ready be. for the cringe? I think at this point. Is your well-being, like, are you, you good? You, I can handle it. Your mood I think is, I can handle okay. it. I think I can handle okay. it. Okay, let's start off with this guy. I want you to explain what is happening to I, him. I'm already, I'm already <laughs> thrown through a loop right here. Here we go. Okay. So, the guy appears to have okay, a selfie out. stick in uh-huh, uh-huh. his... Oh, my God. Uh-huh. He's got. He's sliding down the slide, and he's using his selfie stick. Uh, a kickstand is what I want to call it. A, the butt cheek kickstand. The butt cheek yeah. kickstand. It's an it's a <laughs> organic kickstand to hold the selfie stick in oh, place. A wedge, my. if you will. He wedged it, and then he did it, and he looked so proud, and he's going to get all the likes. Hey, man, if you don't have a camera, man, I guess you gotta you got to be... You gotta find, you gotta find ways. I like the irony of what he's going for is layered into the fact that the other person is recording him and Mm -hmm. getting more probably Mm -hmm. uh, feedback than this guy is getting. Yes, that's the thing. Like, what's his video look like? It's probably trash. Yeah, it's probably nobody cares, but then people are probably posting links to this video and they're like, this is the real video you should have posted. This is where it's at. (laughs) Look at them. Uh, where is it at? <laughs> All right, Danny. Look at this guy who's uh Oh my it? gosh. Throwing clay. Oh. That's what it's called when you uh when you uh when you shape clay. Throwing clay. Uh. This guy got a little let's play that back. Let's play that back, Nanny. Hold All on. Right. You ready All for this? Right. Yeah. Look at him. Look at him. He's, He's afraid. He's afraid, but then he goes in oh, he confident. It turns into it's like a it's a pottery class, but it originally was like supposed to be a fucking like Pornhub episode or something. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Dude was, does not know what a pot looks like. Yeah, he was jerking that clay off into something phallic, and then he tried to blow it, and then he just realized, oh, all these like you know non-organic ki- or these chemicals are in my mouth now. Yeah, or materials, Ew. minerals are in my mouth. Let's do it again with sound. No, um, uh, uh, <laughs> it's like it's, it's just wrong enough just wrong enough to get on the things oh, but it's still man. fucking horrible uh, i mean i don't blame them for doing this so cringe to that. it's always never the thing it's the fact that you're filming the thing yeah. that's the thing that blows my mind more yeah like i could believe that someone would do this Try to blow a fucking raw clay yeah. pot. Yeah. But like to film it and then do it, that's on a whole yeah, different level. I guess. <laughs> I feel like at the first level was like the, the the whole shebang. Like once you were just did that alone, you're like, I don't think you might as well. I think you're like your your sexual ploys and like your hobbies have, have bled into each other too much. Yes. <laughs> you need to put more boundaries. Yes. Um oh. this girl. Um, it takes a lot for her to get off. Let's just say a that. lot for her to get off. Oh, Let's just say that, okay? Okay. Oh my gosh. Here we go. All right. Uh, let me turn okay. that down. That's that, you're that song. Get, you're yeah. Struck. All right. Right. She's, Wait. She's trying. All right. Right. She's listening. Oh, she's ready. She's ready. Right. She's ready. Let's oh, do it. She's gonna tase herself. Why? 
What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, there she goes. Fuck, son. <laughs> oh boy. So uh yeah, that's a taser to the vagina. What? <laughs> now was this a mistake and she thought it was like a like a vibrator or something? Or was that just literally like I this feel like she knew context? She, she knew what she was doing. Like, yeah, was this something she had tried before? And she's like, right? I'm gonna do a video on it. She looked like she fucking seized out while it was happening. Yeah. Thank goodness she wasn't naked, but damn. That that uh, oh man. Maybe I, I mean, wasn't ready still, for that. <laughs> still, though, that's a lot. Like, well, yeah, what do you have to do to get to that level? Like, just like regular regular masturbation's not doing it. I got to step up my game. All right. So if we're embracing the <laughs> fact that maybe she did do this willingly, then I would say, yeah, it's hitting a point where she's, like, broken. And I think she just needs to become celibate or something and just let go of that kind of fun. Maybe Get into arts break. and crafts. Like, like, but don't like, like this touch guy, right? Them. No, goddamn it, you're right. Yeah, say, but don't touch them inappropriately. I was gonna. Uh, no, you're right. All right, I don't know. I don't know. It's we're uh, all doomed. It's, there's no way uh, to help anyone. We've gone too far. Let's fuck with some crackheads. All right, all right. Here we go. This is always fun. Look at that. Yep, he's got. He's doing it. He's cracking it. There's a glass there, right? He's, by the way. Yeah. I love it. He's trying to. He's trying to he show can't us. Do it. Yep. He can't. He doesn't. He doesn't realize. He just doesn't realize. There's he keeps trying to a two inch thick glass between you two. Yeah, he keeps trying to get this guy to light his cigarette, and the guy's like, "I'll hold the lighter up to the glass just to fuck with you." And he keeps <laughs> falling the lighter around like he can light it. And... <laughs> He's so mad. He's he realizes what's happening. Uh... Yeah. Oh, sad. See, not that everybody has sad. an internal dialogue, and his was yeah. just on. What's True. in front of me? What's in front of True. me? What's in front of me? All right. Look at this drunk ass motherfucker at New York Comic Con. Can you believe this guy? <laughs> Can you believe this guy? <laughs> Look at this guy. How dare he be so drunk at New York Comic Con? Oh my gosh. They had to help him out. Oh my gosh. Terrible. I know. Michael Bad J. Fox is the worst drinking problem in the world. It's, it's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah. I can't believe it. It's just, <laughs> his grandfather's there. And his grandfather's there. Sweet. It's is this his intervention? It's, it's, Are they having an intervention yes. for Michael J. Fox Finally. and he's drinking? Finally. God, I've and been talking for years that someone needs to deal with that. No, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie, though. For a second there, I, I thought Christopher Lloyd was Larry David, and all I could think of was that Parkinson's episode oh, where he's no. like, did you shake the can or was yeah. it a Parkinson's shake? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know, Larry. You tell me. You tell me. You tell me. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, it's weird, though. They, they, they <laughs> aged into Larry David. They, all, they look like he each did. other. Just he put did. some glasses on. Yeah. All right. Last one. Bitch, oh. I'm a cow. You ready for this? Yeah. Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. I'm not a cat. I don't say meow. Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm Look a at the anime titties. God damn <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I'm putting this on the soundboard. <laughs> I mean, the sound's a decent jam in, in context by itself. Even like if it was like an anime, like an AMV, like a quick video, sure. like one of those AMV Hell clips, yeah. probably almost be an AMV Hell Zero clip. Mm -hmm. But Ooh. I mean, literally, this is a this is like a 
furry dream come alive right here. This is too much. <laughs> this is too fucking much. Uh, like, God damn it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, people in there. It's catchy. They, uh, it's catchy. That's... Sucking off pottery and mm-hmm. masturbating mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. self-defense weapons mm-hmm. and people fucking anthropomorphic cows. Yeah, man. Uh, I feel boring, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, let's move on, shall we? To we? some <laughs> news. Little piece of me gets left behind each time. <laughs> or we could just, you know, go back to this guy. No, God. <laughs> see, that's the thing is, it's it's not even the it's the context. It's like when we were watching Glorious and he kept touching shit on the floor of that public restroom. It's oh, like God. think of the amount of like fucking oh, like minerals no. and just gunk yeah. in his throat now. That yeah. shit that's like could dry and just give him this fucking gag and like reaction that's going to cause him to go to the hospital. He's going to be coughing up mucus for days. Ugh. Oh man. Uh, it's, uh, it's why you do that. It's like, <laughs> it's like, remember that, that uh, it was like human giant was Aziz and sorry show with Rob. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. like, they had the clip about the guy cutting his dick off for the, tr- like the internet clip. And it's yeah. just like, well, I could do it the one time. And they're like, well, what are you gonna do after that? And they're like, well, I did the dick cut off thing. I don't, I can't do anything else, man. Like, yeah, where do you go from there? Cut off other parts. There's nothing to top that. <laughs> Plus my dick's cut off. So I'm kind of dealing with that now. <laughs> oh, man. So now that guy's dealing with like whatever crazy throat infection he has. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, he's famous now, kind of. Good for him. Let's move on to some news, shall we? Yeah. First story of the day. <laughs> <laughs> we were moving on from cringe. Sorry. You faked me My out. My bad. You faked uh, me out. Our... Jesus. <laughs> Danny Masterson sentenced to 30 years in rape case. <laughs> Good God. It's stuck oh, on somebody finally. Boy, that 70s show. Uh, uh, Oh my goodness! Yeah, so I mean, I, I mean, this has been this kind of coming. a known quantity in Hollywood for a this while. This has been coming for a while. This is right? a bit like those um, those moments where people were like, <laughs> with uh, where you think we're going back to um, Harvey Weinstein. Yes, so a lot of the Harvey Weinstein stuff were like those mm-hmm. jokes were there. If you go back and look at a lot of Danny Masterson jokes, especially his interviews with Conan. There's a lot of little jabs there in between the lines where you're like, oh, I wonder if Conan's like. He knows that he's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like calling him out in between the lines. But, you know, you'd be reading into it more. But this was known for a while. And he and he dodged it for a bit. So that it stuck finally was a bit of a surprise. Scientology didn't come to save him, though. He's no, not, not the sign. He's not Tom Cruise. If he was Tom Cruise. What level is that? Yeah. Like, uh, do you think anyone else is on it? Like, the f- they made a level for him, I feel. Beta squared, I hear. Oh, it's beta okay. squared. Okay. But, um, okay. But you have to buy the books to get that. And those books are already actually old. So technically, those. you need the new editions that aren't out yet. So you're getting demoted. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to have to spend a week on that fucking weird yacht that they make underage no. people sleep with, like L. Ron Hubbard. Well, I guess now it would be David Miscavige. <laughs> so, um, ah, you're going to have to sleep with David Miscavige if you want to get to no. fucking Tom Cruise's levels. I don't. I, no. uh, I know way too much about Scientology. Why do you know to, so much? To, do you watch the fucking god awful depressing Scientology that I had to keep watching because I'm like, how does this get away with this so often? Right. But, you know, Danny Masterson did not, he didn't make it. He didn't he, he didn't become powerful enough in the Scientology realm to do dodge these kind of things. Yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta climb that ladder. Because yeah, we know Tom Cruise gets away with this all the time. <laughs> I mean, he he kept 
He kept people in cages. He did. He, did. <laughs> he kept people in cages. What's-her-face got out? Uh, Katie Holmes? Katie Holmes, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, yeah, Lockett her cage like, was loose, and she ran away. She ran. She ran. She was like, I'm she, free! She freed all the underage boys underage and boys ran gonna... off with them. She said, we can get out of here now. And they're like, they got yeah, <laughs> crazy right. dude. Oh, jeez. But yeah. Bye. Uh, I mean, so that 70s show reunion out. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, Hyde. Um... <laughs> Insert your what's uh, the name Hyde has such context now that oh, I can never I can never overlook hide from this one. Uh, oh, oh. oh, oh, just even then. Oh my gosh, I wasn't even taking it that far. <laughs> yeah. It got darker. Oh, all boy. right, well, all right. Now uh, we're past the cringe, right? Right? Okay. Yeah, maybe. maybe, maybe. All right, Uncanny all right. Valley. Okay, it's not cringe, it might be Uncanny Valley. A little Valley. bit, Uncanny Valley can get all right. Sean Claude Van Damme, yeah, in Mortal Kombat. First look. Here we go. Oh man, you ready for this? Yeah, I've kind of seen yeah, some pictures. Here we go. I mean, he has his blood sport look pretty much. Yeah, but it's the face uh, feels a little off. Look at that it's, face. It's kind of clay. Getting a little bit of clay. Getting a little bit of it's like yeah. pasty. Doesn't feel like feels like a wax. John Claude Van Damme. A little bit. A that's little bit. Like a lie. But yeah. then, then again, I'm something. I'm very used to Jean Claude Van Damme with his unnecessary uh, mullet, or older Jean Claude Van Damme who looks kind of grizzled right. or haggard, I should say. Right, right, right. And so this is not; it doesn't match any of those. Like you don't; it doesn't encapsulate young, weird, awkward Patrick Swayze Van Damme, and it doesn't have creepy old man Van Damme at all. Right. Hmm. I don't know. I don't it's know weird. how I feel about it. The, the face is really off. I can tell mm-hmm. you that. And that's I, kind I, of the yeah. most important part. I feel yeah. you could you could get a a, a lean, buff person, easily. That's in a bloodsport outfit. Yeah, but the face is where it's at. And bloodsport lends itself well to the Mortal Kombat mythology and the paradigm and how it's built. Although I look mean, at that, uh, Sonya is pretty Sonya, bad. Sonya, that's yeah. not great either. No, the the, the more the yeah. more 3D the Mortal Kombat characters got, the weirder they got to me. Right. I kind of like the 2D. Um, I guess you could say what was it? FMV? What is what is that technique? Where that was technically rotoscoping. Rotoscoping. Okay, yeah. so it's like a Ralph Bachi kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. So yeah. like, all right, so like I liked that two D rotoscoping better. I feel like they could have still brought that to a modern era and yeah. kept it. I mean, there's a lot of two D games that already exist now that are are very low res. Yeah, I think so. And those are fun. Who knows? Know. Yeah, we I, shall see how this yeah. game is gonna go. Yeah, they're pushing it hard though. I believe Ed Boon was on Hot Ones uh-huh. today. Oh shit! So, I'll have to watch that. So they're they're pushing this game hard. Uh, I'm. I I'm, I know the new Mortal Kombat's are good. The last like what, ten, eleven. This is twelve, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so those last three were phenomenal games. The characters that they picked from are great, but they don't feel different enough. Where I feel like I'm like, oh, I got to jump into Technically, this. Technically, it's one because they're going back. Well, yes, yes, but but yeah. 12, I mean, if if you're looking for the game now, is the is Mortal Kombat stories coherent enough where you're excited about them rebooting it? Where you're just like, oh, that's good. Let's start fresh. I want a, a new. Do you ever care? Or is it like Tekken to you? Or just like, well, the story is there, but like nobody fucking takes it seriously. After like Street Fighter 2, Liu Kang got resurrected. I kind of fell off story wise. Oh, when he became a god. When he became a god. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that was weird. They turned him from like a revenant, which was technically what Scorpion always was, Mm -hmm. to a god, which was, yeah, that ah, man. See, like that stuff is because they they did the time travel thing. So it, now that they're 
is this a mm, is this still t- is this still technically because Liu Kang was going to reset time now is this him resetting time but he's still going to oversee as like the god Liu Kang just kind of but in the background is he in the game I have no idea I haven't seen any I've pictures not, of him I've seen, seen everybody else pretty much of Liu Kang. I've seen like Baraka and shit but I haven't seen Liu Kang so well like I guess that's fine right. I don't honestly I don't <laughs> care I, I just want them to change the games enough where they're interesting if I could rip a skull out, I think that's all that's going to matter for most people, I'm going to say. Yeah. It's hard to reinvent the fighting genre. I mean, I feel like every time Street Fighter tries to do it, it just the games are hit and miss every other one. Yeah. Well, I think you can by being more technical. You could still remain in that genre, but with more technical like skill sets like an snk3 or an mvc2 yes like people don't make games with that dynamism anymore they they did try to make it more homogenous and watered down for the main audience i I enjoyed dragon ball z fighters but it is definitely an easier version of marvel vs capcom yeah by far right exactly so something like that i think could uh could win the hearts of fighting fans, but who knows? I guess when people like the new Street Fighter, the last Street Fighter, and everyone likes the current run of yeah. Mortal Kombat, so that's fine. Not really that interesting to me. I'd rather go back and play the older ones. Yeah. Those Ultimate Collections. Those Same. are great. All right. And last, uh, not last story, second to last story, mm-hmm. penultimate story. Okay. Uh, E3 does no longer has an organizer and is no longer without a location for 2024. I mean, it's pretty much dead in the water. Yeah, because it was the the ESA that was maintaining them for many years, Yep, as far as I remember. And And they're like, nope, not anymore. ESA, the people that brought you the rating system for games, you know, that thing that makes no fucking sense. (laughs) Yeah, the thing that no one pays attention to. It doesn't doesn't scale to anything. You try to scale to movies, and you're like, well, technically, these, like... The PG-13 movies are problematic because M-rated games have similar themes. It's, like, fucking insane. So, they if they're dropping ship, if they're seeing that the, the fucking thing holding everything together is mm-hmm. falling apart, then that's a, that's a bad problem because yeah. they're already a, a problem themselves. So, this doesn't bode well for E3. Which yeah. is, I'm fine. E3 can it's go away. fine, yeah. It's Most a, of well, these can be. Warn its use. Well, why wait in line for to play 20 seconds of a video game? Yeah. If, that you could play in two weeks, usually. Now, having said that, if I was a part of the video game industry and I was a developer, reviewer, some sort of person that had their thumb on that existence, then this would be like kind of their their uh, uh, Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, it'd be their Comic Con because then it's like you meet up with people that are like minded individuals that are interested in the same things, talk shop shoot them around different types of venues to see different types of builds of games Mm -hmm. it gives you ideas it's all synergizing it's like what c like ces used to be but not so much for the public yeah and so i think that that is cool for those people but that being a big venue for them doesn't really work and a lot of people can just do this digitally now yes like the DC Fandom. That oh, one well, right? Yeah. Well, they love that. Well, like the Oscars that one uh, year, too. Right? Or the Oscars. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> no, no. So E3 is dead in the water. Yeah, let it. Let it. Die. I mean, they had a digital E3, too, one year, I think. Yeah. It was like 2021 or something. It was all digital. And I'm like, well, yeah. this is probably good for the end. Yeah. <laughs> this will help speed it up. I like that. Move it along. <laughs> Let's get it going. Let's you, get out of here. If you go digital, all digital fucking venue, that's a good sign that what you're doing is not fucking holding up anymore. Nope. Nope. Not <laughs> at all. 
Not at all. Uh, All right. Last thing, Invincible Season 2. Okay. Coming out. Okay. November 3rd. Official release date. Official release date. November 3rd. That is three. I can count. What are you telling? Months or weeks? Two. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's two and a half months away. Yes. Yes. Okay. I thought you were counting weeks or something. I was like, give me a give me a a boundary to go from, and I'll help you, buddy. (laughs) Uh, Do you count the days or minutes? Yeah. So uh, we finally get a release date. It's coming soon. Uh-huh. Uh, end of the year, uh, but actually sooner than like usually. This would come out Christmas season, end of Thanksgiving, early Christmas. It's been so long; I don't even remember. Like when? When did the last one release? It, it was, was two years ago. Two it, years ago, yeah. Gosh, it's it was so good. It felt like yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, that I mean, Eve too, man. I hopefully mm, that doesn't that's terrible. That doesn't like that writing doesn't bleed into the main story. I feel like the Adam Eve is more of like a. Let's bring it to T.D. Howard to write this. <laughs> and yeah. That's what happened. And and now maybe we'll get something good with the next season because they hyped it pretty well at the end. So I feel like the, it's laid up to just follow out that course and then you're fine. Stay within the realms of the comics enough, but keep your own organic evolution. Yeah. They, they've changed things. Things are different, but things it's are different. fun. I it's mean, good. except for the girlfriend. Yeah, they need to cut. And I'm hearing that that might be a thing that they cut out. I, I honestly. Well, I mean, she's le- I mean, they she eventually breaks up with them they yes. get, and they get out. Her, him, and Adam Eve get together, so that's eventually going to happen. Betrayal, betrayed her, betrayed the the soup kitchen. I don't care if you have to save the world. You need to hang out with me for two hours oh at God, the soup that kitchen. Was the most selfish I, thing. I don't give a shit if the world isn't even there. You pull it back and you show the fuck up. <laughs> so selfish. I'm like, you know, you're not going to make this character likable by not being understanding. Like he's trying to do his best, and everybody's already like, wow, this kid's got the hardest life in the world. He's lived in a rock in a hard place. Mm-hmm. And and that is not illustrated well by like the person he's with by like how little understanding she is. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know that's how people are and characters are. Sometimes they're just written bad. <laughs> yeah, or maybe written with too much uh, projection in someone's life, where a writer's just all like, "Fucking, fucking Margaret, I'm gonna fucking." When make we this get to our bad, Margaret. I'll talk about something similar to that. <laughs> I do see that a lot, and a lot of TV shows are really <laughs> bad about that because they'll have like guest writers, and you can see that they're just like, "Oh, you had some sort of trauma in your life that you couldn't fucking let go of, and now it bleeds into everything you do." Yep. Everything you do, like so unlike you're, you have no connection to it. You're, it's happening and everyone's seeing it. And you're just like, what do you mean? That's what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. I, have pro- I have a great relationship with my father. <laughs> uh, uh, that's ridiculous. Invisible season two coming, coming to soon. a Amazon near you. Yeah, get that two day shipping ready. <laughs> do it. Hey, I have Prime. My Invincible should be here tomorrow. No, I don't have to do that. Yeah. All right, you ready to move on, Danny? Let's move Let's on. Let's move on to our good, the bad, and the ugly. Nice. All right. Let's start off with the start of bad. Okay, we'll do bad. Story. Um, yeah, I'll start it off. All right, with this one, my bad. Uh, this week. Is a little horror film called Slaughterhouse. 
Slaughterhouse. Yes, and that's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. Okay. A sorority girl finds a sloth and makes it their mascot. Little do they know, this sloth is savage and it's ready to kill. And uh, what? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And okay. I was really expecting uh, something uh, more campy, more B horror filmish. It looks pretty campy. Oh my god! It was just he's surfing the web. <laughs> he's he's really he's like a cartoon character. He could yeah. like use a phone. He could like search the web. He could find directions. Why is uh, he so quick? Like. That's... There is one like that scene right there where he brings up his hand. There's like a moment where he's about to kill someone. He brings up his hand and the woman's like, no. And right when it comes down, it comes down slow. <laughs> and that was probably the best part of the movie. And I was, I laughed pretty hard. But outside of that. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's like, pretty garbage. That, that, that is a, that's one of those unfortunate moments where there's one phenomenally beautiful scene mirrored in just this entire yeah. swamp of garbage. Yeah. Because oh, like it was that moment. <laughs> and then the rest of the time, the sloth was like fast and quick and just kind of snatching people and with like jump scares and stuff. So it wasn't, it was a good moment that didn't like hold it for the character. It was just, it was just a moment just to have a moment for a trailer or something. I don't know. But oh. unfortunate, uh, good concept. I like the idea of a, <laughs> of a sloth being a, a murderer. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I mean, murder, I mean, I that guess. is new. It wasn't on cocaine. Cool. It wasn't mm-hmm. some sort of zombie mm-hmm. beaver. It it's it's yeah. new. You know? There was no Emmy House. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Doesn't fit. I mean, um, <laughs> it's not like practical, but I mean, no. I guess that's the thing. They're going for something. Someone said, what is the least likely thing to be like a deadly animal? And yeah. they're like, fucking tree sloths. Like moss grow on them, they're so slow. No one, they couldn't kill anybody. No, yeah. <laughs> but apparently, just this slow hand coming down. I just keep yeah. my head. It's, it's, so a, it's pretty good. Good no. moment. But a good moment doesn't make a good no. film. Can't save an entire movie. Nope. Uh, yeah. So this is my bad. All right. Um. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, nope. Maybe. Maybe I'd recommend the trailer. Watch the clips. The trailer. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah it seems like a good yeah. trailer movie. Yeah. There's a few of those. Yeah. They're rare. What's your bad? All right. My bad is Life During Wartime. It's a 2009 comedy drama. It's like one of those wannabe dramedies. Mm -hmm. It's by a director called Todd Solonids. I'm familiar with his work because there are three movies I had seen over the years that I didn't connect that he had done. Um, He did this movie in 98 called Happiness, in 2001 Storytelling, and then 2004 Mm -hmm. Paladrum. So those are my three favorite movies by him. He also did another movie I saw called yeah. Wiener Dog, which was kind of like yes. this. It's a weird movie, though. That was a weird this movie. A weird, and this is more of the same. Like, this is okay. a weird fucking movie. This movie felt like um, like he tried to combine Richard Linklater and fucking uh, Wes Anderson. Like, okay. he tried to find, like, an in-between for those kind of characters and that mm-hmm. kind of, like, weird, raw style. And it just did not work. It didn't work too too yeah. much of them were conflicting. None of them overlapped well. It felt like he was cribbing too much on them in moments, and he didn't feel original like any of the other movies. Right. Even the art style and the music was very much Wes Anderson Wes Anderson influenced. Interesting. And so that really kind of put me in a place where I'm like, this doesn't fit. This isn't like making me feel like it's it's believable and it could stand on its own without those kind of weird pastiches. Right. And so I was I was taken away from it the whole time, and all of the characters were unlikable. The story was unlikable. It was. Incredibly uncomfortable story 
where it was trying as hard as it could to say a message because somebody went through something like we were talking about earlier. Somebody went through something in their life and they want to vent it through this. And I don't know if it was in the writing itself or the direction, yeah. but God damn, was this movie just unlikable, unfucking likable? Mm. <laughs> it was just so awkward. And the message it was at times tried to say, couldn't quite say, or it got lost. I couldn't pick up on it, but it was bad and very uncomfortable the subject matter is horrific like it is all about like uh at one point it becomes like the backdrop but it's about essentially uh child abuse sexual okay. child abuse yeah, yeah yeah and so it's fucking uncomfortable the whole time in the movie where you're Ooh. just like this is not in the subject the way they approach the subject matter in the kids now they talk about it mm-hmm. how the mom treats the children she literally tells her daughter to go like take some klonopin i've got percocet in the counter just take that if it's out and just shit like you're just like oh, oh my no. gosh this is a train wreck but it's not done in the way that is clever and like intriguing it's more of like unlikable and it kind of reminded me of uncut gems that adam sandler movie where like all oh, the characters yeah. in that were very unlikable and how so they unlikable. like carried themselves. You just didn't root for anyone. You didn't like anything and it didn't make you think. It just made you feel like your time was wasted and these people all deserve worse. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so I walked away from that movie going like, what the fuck? Why did I like those other movies so much? Those other movies were phenomenal. Those other mm. movies are like Oscar worthy, but this movie was just like too much of the others. Interesting. And it reminded me of Wiener Dog where it was at least Wiener Dog, it went, he went back to his style and kind of reminded me of palindromes. Right. But it, the writing was like this, where like some of the subject matter was too much, and I was just like, "This is not gripping. It's just like off-putting, and it's just not connecting. It's, it's just uh, almost provocative for provocative provocativity's sake." And I didn't, I didn't find that interesting. I found that more just like, "Oh, well, I can get that anywhere. It's right. not substance." Mm-hmm. But you know, and and honestly, I'm gonna try a few more. I, there's some other movies that he's done. Then I'm going to go back and try because I downloaded the rest of his catalog. It's a very short catalog. He's only okay. got like fucking yeah. seven or eight movies. But I've liked mm. half of them at least so far and the other half I've hated. So right. let's see where it goes. I'm going to watch Dark Horse next. And okay. then there's another one from like the early 90s. Uh, Welcome to Dollhouse. I wanted to Welcome check to out Dollhouse. Fear and Anxiety Depression. I want to try that. Okay. But all, all the others I've seen and they're, like I said, hit and miss. So okay. let's see where it goes. And I'll, I'll maybe be back with some more bad, some more good. So let's find out. We'll but see. We'll see. That's my bad. You know. All right. Yeah. Nice bad. Pass on your heart. Yeah. <laughs> heart. All right. Let's go good. The movie Thomas showed us. I don't even want to say its name, but you know what I'm talking about? That weird that, movie. That, that it reminded me of that. There we go. It's that level of uncomfortability. Wow. There you go. That's why that I, was I couldn't put it into words, but that was it. Yeah, and I won't even say that movie's name. The movie's beyond bad. We got to create a new category that. for that movie. Oh, <laughs> What's wrong with our friends category? Yeah. God damn. <laughs> Oh right! Some people after this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll lose people. Oh jeez! All right, my good for the week Uh is a movie you just put on the server. Oh shit! I was talking about it. Okay. And how much I love it. Okay. And you put it on the server, and I'm like, I'm gonna watch it again. Oh shit! And I still loved it. And (laughs) stay tuned. This movie is so ridiculous. You keep hyping it for me. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. It's so dumb, though. It's dumb. All right. It's not, you're not going to watch it and be like, wow, that's some good cinema. No, but for I, sure. But I love UHF. Is, yeah. is it like UHF? I get UHF uh, vibes. Not as much. Not really? Okay. Kinda, I mean, okay. it toes the line a little bit. But okay. Okay. Not as much as you would think. It's it's very like hmm. 
TV of the '90s, like kind of the lampooning. I felt like very you much so. Like well, that's more movies though. That's more cinema. Sure. Okay, okay. He but even, I see what you're saying. He even lampoons himself because it's about him. the The concept is the devil, or like a agent of the devil, gives him a controller. John that, Ritter. Uh, that allow gives John Ritter the controller that allows him to go into the TVs, mm-hmm. and he can jump around to different channels. Mm-hmm. And he actually there is a joke where he jumps to uh, Three's Company. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah. That's deep. Okay, yeah. I like that. <laughs> he looks at it, he yells, and then he bails. Do you remember but, the uh, the later Twilight Zone movie? Yes, where they had the the kid that could like wish for things. And yes, that reminded me of like when he wished the person into the TV cartoons and shit. Okay, this is, kind of looks like that, but way less. The exercises. <laughs> The exercises, yeah, they, the they exercises. do they oh, do some stupid Jesus. shit, stupid shit like yeah. that, yeah, like oh dumb gosh. ass jokes. Like remember the old Magnavox commercial with mm-hmm. the dude like in the couch? Yeah, that's classic. The they do the, they do a joke on that. Yeah, they do like, like a Venom wallpaper of that. That's yeah, great. they yeah. do they oh, do a cool. bunch of like like Wayne's World. Oh, she's parodies yeah. on parodies. Yeah. Okay, so they're they're all over the place. Uh, I I, like I love it. I love it. Okay, I like I like Ritter. Um, I even like this guy. What's his name? Uh, Jeffrey Jones. Jeffrey Jones. Didn't which was we like, talking about. why is he not around anymore? Oh yeah, because then that awkward cycling back. Yeah, <laughs> he was uh, convicted of uh, sexual assault. I think. Yeah, it's some yeah. underage uh, kids. Not good times. Yeah, it all just circles back. <laughs> 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 brought to you by Epstein's Island. Uh, oh boy. Oh man. Um, but, but yeah. Well, we, uh, we we just got struck by copyright struck. Yep. <laughs> like, what it, we, you Epstein, mentioned Epstein and the copyright it. strike used fast. Yeah. Like, what does that have to do with it? We don't want to talk about no. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned. Um, I'll watch yeah. it. I'll Definitely watch, check it out. I'll watch the shit out of Stay Tuned. Yeah. That, it looked good. I mean, I like that crossover yeah. style, like live action with animation in it. Yeah. There is the animated scene that's like very Looney Tunes like. That'd be fun. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Poor John uh, Ritter. Poor John Ritter. All right. What's your, what's your good? My Good is a movie that has a lot of heart. It's got a lot of soul. It's 1982's The Beastmaster. Oh. Fucking Don Casacalari? Casacalari? Mm-hmm. I can never say Italian names. I could do this. All right. Casacalari. 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 There you go. You got to put more hands to it. That's why I couldn't do it. Casacalari. I like it. Bring that gabagoo. Yeah. But this movie is fucking. I don't. I don't know if I could quantify it as a movie starring people, <laughs> but more so a movie that is starring animals. Like the animals yeah. are the stars in the movie, and they fucking take the scene, like the shit they get animals to do in this, and how they play them off, and how they get you connected to it. Right. It was fucking just. It was. It was delightful. It was. It was heartwarming. It was cherished. Mm-hmm. I cherished how how pleasant and just warming this movie was. Okay. And it's a good, it's a good action adventure fantasy movie from the ilk of the '80s, like a lot of the movies we talked about in right. the past. It holds that kind of caliber, and it's fine in that realm. It's maybe not up to the quality of my other movie that I'm going to talk about, my ugly in mm-hmm. production, but in goddamn soul and heart, it it brings it all. It brings it more than any other movie. And in, in the end of the movie, spoilers, mm-hmm. he has two ferrets that are with him two yeah, weasels sure, essentially sure. one of them sees rip torn coming up behind beastmaster <laughs> getting ready to kill him 
Don Geist himself getting ready to stab Don the Beastmaster in the back. One of the ferrets sacrifices himself, leaps up on the back of oh. fucking Riptorn's neck, starts ripping it apart, and Riptorn clutches his neck and falls forward into the fire pit, holding the ferret with him, and fucking Grab. Beastmaster's crestfallen, and he's trying to save the ferret, burning his hands, reaching in there, trying to save the ferret, dies, and you're just like, oh, fuck this movie, it's too sad. Oh, <laughs> but shit. At the end of the movie, they show the other ferret with two ferret babies. And you're like, oh, they redeemed it. They redeemed it. Oh, the ferret baby. The family lives on. Yeah. Beastmaster was there to raise the children. It's beautiful. (laughs) As the stepmother. (laughs) (laughs) The animals are all really good. The animal stunts are really interesting. The way that the actors deal with the animals, you could tell the actors were having fun. Yeah. That bled through. They weren't taking it so seriously, but they were having a great time. And they hammed it up a lot and had a lot of fun, so that bled out into the actual, actual movie itself. I think Beastmaster is like a, a bit of a hidden gem nowadays. At one point, it was very popular when we were mm. younger, especially it was super popular because they rerun it on TV all the time. Redefined yeah. the name or uh, the. I definitely seen this on like TV. Well, they, they redefined what PG was. I mean, that was there was nudity in this movie. It's PG. Like, it was wild. This is on for TV. Uh, the stricter Temple rate. of Doom? Because I know Temple of Doom, people came out. That was a uh, PG. And people were like, oh, shit. There's a guy ripping a heart out in this I film. T- I think Temple of Doom was late 80s, right? I don't Let's think. See. I think Temple of Doom was like Temple 87, Doom. 86. Might even be 88 at the latest. Temple of Doom, 84. Oh, it was earlier. Okay. Ooh, this was, was there was 82? This 82? Yeah, so this was first. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Interesting. But this was this was like on TV. They were showing nudity and showing violence. I mean, when the that fucking that ferret was ripping Riptorn's neck apart, he was ripping it apart. He was tearing Riptorn. He was, <laughs> he was torn. He was, he was ripping it. There was, was blood. There was blood going everywhere. There was just like viscera. It was it was not a movie that pulled punches when things got mm-hmm. violent. I mean, the beginning part of the movie is them going around and sacrificing children and such because the Beastmaster is a child of prophecy, which the Beastmaster is born by being transferred from his mother into a goddamn fucking animal, like a cow birthism. And so there's like this weird ritual involving a birth of like him being born from an animal, so thus he can communicate and wield animals mm-hmm. empathically. It's which works enough, but it's a wild that they go that route. Now right. they would be like super light-handed with it. They wouldn't yeah. go that far. They wouldn't go that shocking because people would be like, "That's too much." And I like that they were like, "No, this movie's fucking. We're gonna get gritty with and it gritty. in the beginning five minutes." Like, hell yeah, I enjoyed it, and I hadn't seen this movie since I was like fucking eight years old, man. Yeah. I was like a little kid, and I was like, "Okay, this movie seems kind of sad wow. and scary. The animals are a little too intense, but I'll, I'll enjoy it because the action." But I didn't really notice how much heart was in this movie. And coming back and watching, I'm like, these people, they're all happy, like doing this movie, and they're all, and the animals are like insanely like in their face like it seems very dangerous there's a right. lot of times where you're kind of you're cringing because you're like holy shit like shit. there's like a guy on the on like the other side of the camera going like yes the trainer yeah. going like we need to cut <laughs> these are big cats they're yeah. fucking fucking vermin that are, can claw at you like uh, eagles and, and falcons that have talons that could pierce your fucking wrist like it's scary it's like whoa but, you know, the movie still comes off, like, with a lot of heart and not, like, kind of shitty or right. even, even shocking for a movie that kills a lot of, like, firstborn children in the beginning. Like, it feels very much like a family <laughs> movie still because okay. it's very happy. At the yeah, end. yeah, yeah. It has the it has one of the ultimate fantasy happy endings, especially when um, those two baby ferrets pop up and you're just like, ah, oh, the kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess the mom ferret's not alone now. It's not as sad, but still. Right. 
Point fair. You got burnt alive. Uh-huh. But yeah, still, right. my good. Beast, the Beastmaster. The Beastmaster. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. For sure. All right. Let's move on to Ugly. So my Ugly is a movie called Strays. Came out this year. Literally just came out, actually. Uh, oh, jeez. It is a dog movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking, we're talking dog movies with the mouth, and they they move. You know, oh, your typical talking dog. Homeward movie. Bound, kind of Homeward Boundy, yeah. I mean, so this is yeah, it's been done. So it's it's so it's this a known is known quantity. Here's the thing: it's an art. It's almost like Howard the Duck in a way, where it was like, <laughs> in the way where it was like a movie that was this is rated R, but they play it very much like a like family friendly film so it's like they're pulling two ways it's like either go you know full r with these dogs be like a was it sausage party sausage party or like go you know your typical friendly like lighthearted dog film um and they kind of Tried to have their cake and eat it too, mm. for the most part. Um, but I like I like the concept of the movie. It was about a dog played by Will Ferrell who meets mm-hmm. Jamie Fox, and Jamie Fox is just all like, "Hey man, your owner sucks," because Will Ferrell thinks his owner is great, and he realizes his owner, who's played by Will Forte, oh, um, is a piece of shit. So uh-huh. the whole objective of the movie is that he's going to go back home. And bite his owner's dick off. Oh my gosh! And that's essentially the the film. These oh. four dogs get together and they head back to his home and try to bite the owner's dick off. And uh, they do it. They do it. For the spoiler: they bite Will Forte's dick off. Oh my end. goodness! <laughs> and, they, uh, and this was it still kind of plays off as like a family film almost. Uh, it has those beats, those oh. family beats. Like there's the beats where like Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx's dog character like they fight and they break up and they oh. split apart oh, before geez. they come back together. Jeez. So it has those beats, right? Comedies where like the yeah. relationship's perfect, but we're gonna have to fall apart. And then by the end yeah. of the movie, we're like, we're back together. It's like nothing ever happened. We learned so much along the way. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Yeah, but it had like I think the 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 part that makes it not a complete bad is like the random just dog jokes that they have randomly. Like there's a joke where a dog like is trying to lay down to sleep and it keeps going in a circle. He's like, no wait, wait. They played it like OCD, so he's like, wait, wait, I gotta start over. And it kept spinning uh, and spinning. And he's like, wait, 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 I gotta do it three more times. And then he and then he see that's good dog jokes. I like yeah. that. That's playing on puns. Those movies are eh, dog movies are weird. Yeah. I, I have good nostalgia for like Beethoven and Homeward mm-hmm. Bound, but I'm sure if I watch those movies again, they're not going to hold up. No, not at all. They're not going to be deeper like fucking Beastmaster. But <laughs> I guess the, the best joke in this film is they they go out into the forest, they get lost, they find some mushrooms. Oh, I, I they, saw that in the trailer they trip, where they trip it yeah. and they imagine themselves as cartoons. They trip on mushrooms, things. and then while they're tripping on mushrooms, they they fantasize some toy bunnies, and they just they play with the toy bunnies, and they're having a great time, and then they pass out and they wake up. They're real bunnies. They just oh, murdered, they murdered and massacred the, all the bunnies. Wow, that's pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So it has some good moments, but overall, pretty generic by the books typical film um with a few jokes here and there i don't really feel like will ferrell and jamie fox do anything that like provocative anymore i feel mm, like they're kind of like yeah. just like kevin hart and a bunch of other people where they're just like oh you're just no like the rock even it's like oh you're just in movies yeah. because they had a plot and they needed someone to star in it it's not that they needed someone to act in it or anything they just needed someone who fits a type exactly yeah uh, well 
Unfortunate, but uh, yeah, strays might be your jam, might not be. If you like a lot of shit humor and like dogs humping things, (laughs) you might like this film. I guess, yeah, if you're into dog movies, then there's another dog movie for you. This one's probably the least tragic dog movie to come out this year because all of those movies tend to be fucking horribly sad. Yeah, why do they make dog movies so fucking sad for I've talked to because I've known people, I knew someone who was like really into dog movies. I asked them, I was like, why do you like these sadly horrible movies? And they're like, well, because it reminds me of the other dogs. And then, like, sometimes I cry. And I'm like, well, you know, you're just reminding yourself of tragedy. And yeah. I guess you could celebrate things sometimes. But, like, when you want to, I mean, I don't know. It feels like you just want to bring yourself down. You're like, I need to just take it down a notch. I'm not quite depressed enough. So let's put on one of these. <laughs> oh, the dog got murdered alone. Okay. And your family never saw him again. Oh, yeah. That sounds, that makes uh, sense. That makes sense. It's like that episode with uh, Futurama when like <laughs> fuck it's, the dog oh was waiting for him the whole so time. Sad. That's the saddest episode. That's I was like, what the fuck, Futurama? Episode. I want you to be happy. You make me cry. <laughs> just oh my god. <laughs> god, this is so sad and yeah. so tragic. And Ridiculously. So I was like, this is one of the god most tragic damn. things I've been facing in my life at this moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> It's a yeah. red flag. If there's a dog in the movie, it's a red flag. <laughs> it's a red flag. Red Get flag. out of there. <laughs> Turn uh, it around. <laughs> what's your ugly? All right. My ugly is... Okay, so this feels like a nice antithesis to um, uh, Beastmaster. Okay. My ugly is Willow. Willow. Oh, <laughs> when Willow. you said you were watching this, I was like, really? I, I hadn't <laughs> seen it in so long either. I saw Beastmaster and Willow at the same time, like okay. around the same age. And so I'm like, I want to rewatch both of those. And, you know, Willow was like important. It was like popular enough, I guess, to get this TV series that right. obviously is garbage. I'm not going to touch that. But I watched the 1988 Willow, you know, the Ron Howard joint that was since she was like a Nepo baby, like cashing in on all the Nepo babies he could find. And it, it became this kind of pulling of like strings and favors of people in the movie that are famous but are mm. just phoning it in yeah phoning it the fuck in hardcore like every val kilmer seemed like he really wasn't giving oh, a yeah. shit only person that actually really gave a shit was Warwick yeah, davis. davis and this is obviously his best role yeah he's the main character he's serious about it because this is his big break he knows he's not fucking like you know gonna phone this in because this is his film career at its peak now he's hitting yeah. his apex he's working with george lucas and ron howard they're picking him as the lead and using him as a way to tell their story and he's great i have no problems with Warwick mm-hmm. davis he is the best part of the movie he deserves all the credit of like what he did good in this movie but everyone else fucking ruins it because they're <laughs> phoning it in they're doing like around him they're bringing like fucking one energy and he's at 10 and it sucks it fucking sucks. Val Kilmer, like, really seems like he was bitter that he was in this movie. Like, it was a favor. A lot of the other characters that were famous actors that you'll recognize were just clearly putting in, like, a low-level effort. Yeah. I mean, fucking... We were talking about Jeremy Irons <laughs> being in Dungeon Dragons. He brought an A-game because he he's like, I want to earn this money for the castle I bought. He I'm not... And I'm it. also a fucking, like, a god when it comes to acting. So, like, he could bring his A-game on, like, a, a Tuesday, a Monday, and a Wednesday, no problem. All the weekend. Doesn't matter when. He'll bring it. No one else really brought it except Warwick Davis and uh well Ken Baker was in this, like Kenny Baker, mm. who um you'll probably recognize as like Waldor Waldo or whatever and from uh uh Masters Universe with He Man, like uh and there's a couple other oh, he was in some other uh roles like Trolls Two and things like that. Right. And he he and Warwick Davis are like two of the most famous uh like dwarves in, in acting history, so and you're going to find a lot of people that tie to that. And, and all those people were amazing because they were serious about it. They didn't they didn't think that their role was any less 
even though the people that were acting around them kind of bought that level of energy. Like it almost felt like they were <laughs> reluctant or insulted that yeah. they had to do this movie. Weird. And it, it comes out so often. So the movie's kind of ugly and I just did not, I didn't like it. It's, it's just, and the CG, even though there's a higher production, they use a lot of like, cg effects that are low low level practical or like a, a a twisting of practical effects right where they're doing like swapping out some green screens and putting people where they shouldn't be and using people that are tinier and making them appear as if they're smaller than they actually are yeah, and so yeah, that yeah. effects aren't good they're they're really low budget and because the the special effects in a lot of the things done in the beastmaster was all practical and real and they were just using hey we're gonna get some phosphorus and create some smoke and these animals are cool so they're they're exciting we're not cg they're no fucking cg animals in this movie like now now it's like all animals are cg even in fucking hidalgo they had cg animals cg man i know i get it because it's safe liabilities things but it just loses immersion because like hidalgo would be a perfect movie without the cg leopards and shit and just so many (laughs) i mean look at we were talking about the lion king where it's like yeah they're they're cg animals but they don't fit they don't look normal they look weird sebastian and the little mermaid looks creepy it's like yeah so you know I, I feel like the special effects that Lucas tried to use in this movie with Ron Howard at the helm, because he's pulling from ILM, that was definitely a lot of stuff they were pulling. It, yeah. it was kind of shoddy. It felt like even they were like putting their B really? game. It felt like everybody brought their B game except everybody who's the people who suffered from dwarfism. So it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Man? It's such a weird contrast. It's jarring. So it's like, I, I would say this for Warwick Davis, this movie is good. For anyone else that's trying to look at this movie as like a good fan movie compared right. to some other things that we've gone over doesn't hold up it just doesn't it's not it's not great it's unsettling in moments and it just feels weird and confusing and the baby is crying through the most baby. of the goddamn the movie fucking baby just screaming and crying it's like you're trapped at one behind in a restaurant and you're like ah no it's just in my movie fucking a god damn but, yeah and that's why ron howard has got a lot of misses like you look at his his repertoire i really enjoyed cocoon um, there was something else that he had done that I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, most of his other movies haven't been great. Like uh, that, the Grinch remake. Remember that with Jim Carrey? That was bad. Eh. Oh no. yeah, I forgot no. about that. I'm good on that. I just honestly, when it comes to Ron, ha- Ron Howard at this point, I prefer more doing the narration and voiceover in um, Arrested Development than actually making movies. I think his heyday is probably gone. Yeah, for sure. And I think that when it comes to big budget movies like this, it's not his his forte. You remember Gung Gung Ho actually with um Michael Keaton about like the Japanese businessman coming to America yeah. to try to save the factory. Yeah. Those movies are good for Ron Howard. The weird like slice of life like small town movies. He needs a more smaller scope. I don't think big big scope movies are great for well, him. Did, uh, Cocoon Paul, feels like a small scope. Paul Thirteen was great. After watching First Man, not so much. Really? No. I have to go back. I, I am no. saying this like haven't seen it in a while. So maybe, maybe right. There's a lot of unnecessary dramatization drama drama going on in yes. Apollo thirteen that yes. makes that movie feel fucking messy and like kind of annoying. I feel like they're more to the real with the drama in First Man and I just feel like Damien Chazelle's a better director than yeah. Howard. That's just clear. That's just yeah. un un undoubtedly clear. Okay. It's kind of it's kind of weird how how he even like I feel if Lucas took the full helm on this movie it would have turned out a little bit better and people would have been more willing. Because, like, uh, maybe it's also the reluctance that they're working with dwarves, but it's the reluctance that they're working under Ron Howard and not George Lucas. Yes. But Lucas is attached as the writer. 
true. I mean, oh, I could see people boy. like, especially a young Val Kilmer being like, I want to work with George Lucas, not fucking this guy from Happy Days. Yeah, this motherfucker. <laughs> this fucking Ronnie from Happy Days or whatever. <laughs> Uh, all right, that's a good ugly for sure. Yeah, not bad. All right, let's move on to the main subject of the week, and that is our favorite soundtracks from late '90s, early 2000 soundtracks OSTs. When OSTs actually meant something, when they would put. 20 to 30 million dollars into a music video for the movie you know you'll never see that anymore nope um when almost like they would even have like the music video where it's almost like a a, a side story to the movie or almost. A trailer in ways trailer yeah remember puff daddy playing with jimmy page for that cover of i think it was black dog uh-huh or i think yeah it was for the godzilla movie although we ain't don't win nowhere. I don't think one? that was it. No, 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 no. It was the because he, he plays it over. Is that the same one? I thought that was no. You're right. No, That's no. Not it. No, you're the, talking about yeah, Black Godzilla said, ones. Yeah, yeah. Da-na-na. Yep. Da-na-na. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So that's for Godzilla. Like that was that one Godzilla movie okay. with Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Like Godzilla, not 2000, but the one that came out in 1999. Exactly. Um. Ugh. So good stuff. A lot of bad stuff too, but good stuff all around so we're gonna give you our top five um i started off all right my number five and i mentioned this to you okay already um it is a batman forever soundtrack (laughs) this soundtrack but i'm still surprised it was it was so all over the place (laughs) obviously you had seals kiss kiss from a rose that was like blowing up everywhere right (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) but then you had like offspring you had method man um Mm -hmm. you had sunny day real estate back in the day when they were still a thing (laughs) this this is soundtrack's got range man (laughs) and you had flaming lips the flaming lips on the soundtrack with method man yeah with method man that's a wild thing would you ever right? imagine to see flaming, flaming lips and method, method man and one soundtrack yeah oh boy and offspring it Still, was so man. good oh. i had this cd oh you physically own i own this cd when 1995 yeah 95 yeah i definitely owned it for sure and i was like yeah i'm gonna play the shit out of this cd <laughs> <laughs> uh, i just imagine just picturing jim carrey's face on the cover being like yep. the biggest face like the it's biggest the, it's the typical it's the same as the movie poster yeah oh okay so yeah. jim carrey's dead center but val kilmer's face is the biggest but it's yeah. val kilmer with the cowl on so you don't yeah. even know exactly don't even know <laughs> oh no, wait it's not val kilmer is it it's oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah it is val kilmer it's val kilmer yeah i was thinking i was like wait wasn't that george clooney by that point no no, no that's Robin. yep you're right what's your number five all right my number five is actually one that got me into a couple of different bands it's the 2001 soundtrack for the royal tenenbaums interesting this is interesting okay so this one is the the soundtrack that got me into nico and like the velvet underground because Ooh. it says like Nico on it, Velvet on the Ground, obviously. 
There's Elliot Smith is on here. This is the first time I've heard Elliot Smith and and my favorite Elliot Smith song, which is Needle in, in the Hay. Yes. So Needle that was the in there. Yeah, that's that's it's my one. So that was kind of cool. A classic Judy as a punk by the Ramones. Fucking Wigwam with Bob Dylan. The fact that those are both in there. But then this was the piece of resistance and why I like the soundtrack. It has the police and thieves by the clash. And I was just like, yes, a soundtrack a soundtrack with the clash and is always a win for me. It's always a good movie. They make such good movie music. I feel like their their fucking style placed almost any trailer, anything like that. So I really enjoyed this soundtrack overall. I didn't own it, but I downloaded it, and I actually was like pulling a few songs off of it because I liked when I watched the movie. I liked how some of the songs I hadn't heard before sounded. So I'm like, let me swoop up this OST. Let me give them a try. Let me play them up. Let's get some of their music. I digged into the Velvet Underground, and I was like, oh, I like all this. It's really good. This is really enjoyable. Some of the songs that I ended up liking, most of all of those bands weren't even on the soundtrack, but still, yeah. these were great. These, that I think it's of Wes Anderson's soundtracks, it's my favorite of them. Interesting. Which, which the Darjeeling, Dar, Darjeeling Limited is a strong second, sometimes first, depending on my mood, but predominantly second. Because that one's got the kinks all okay. over it. But, okay. But the, no, it's what Royal Tent Bonds all the way. Oh, so this is very fascinating. Mm-hmm. So my number four is Rushmore. Oh shit! Hell yeah! yeah. And it's a similar oh. reason. There's a lot of kinks. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. the kinks. We yes. got some uh, John Lennon's Cat Stevens. A lot of Cat yes. Stevens, which I loved. I watched this before I watched Harold and Maude, so I wasn't like, "Oh shit, Cat Stevens is everywhere." <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Fair, you're right. They do lean uh, into it hard there. So this is where I like mainly like listen to a lot of Cat Stevens back in the day. I heard That's it first here. Um, who else do we got? Uh, Marshall. Motherberg, uh, The Creation, The Kinks, Chad and Jeremy. Mm-hmm. That sounds familiar. I think that sounds familiar. Um, so I think I have that OST as the well. The Who. Yes. Um, they almost have The Who on like every, yeah. every soundtrack. I loved out. the soundtrack. Yeah. And I think I might agree with you that uh, World Town Bounds is a better soundtrack. But I think this hit at the right time for me. Yes. More so than uh, Royal Tenenbaums that it just worked. It just worked, and I enjoyed it. And I, I, I remember, I, I think I, what did I, I used a uh, uh, Napster? No, it was probably LimeWire Lime Wire at the time. LimeWire at the time. I was like getting, I got the whole thing, downloaded it, just played it constantly, oh, nonstop. Yeah. I mean, it's good stuff. It did all the all the Wes Anderson soundtracks are amazing. He does yeah. that well. He does. That's why the that movie I was talking about, The Love During Wartime, like that one mm-hmm. tried to do that at moments, but it never fit because the then it wasn't earned. It didn't feel earned. It just felt like it's like, and now get into this music. And you're like, yeah. well, I'm kind of wanting to get out of this movie. <laughs> Can't pull me back in, so uh-huh. Nine, yeah, good four. Uh, what's your four? All right, my number four is a fucking banger of a soundtrack. I think okay. I think you might even be surprised by the fact that that uh that I even picked this, but it's Night at the Roxbury. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Fucking uh, Night at the Roxbury. That is a great one. I'm telling you, this I actually, um, my cousin had this CD, the the soundtrack, and I burnt a copy of it. Yeah, like on our old IBM computer. It was like one of the first CDs I copied, and it was great. I used to listen to it all the time. Like there's just something about that weird '90s house music, house music that's just yeah. great. There's just so many bangers, like. Let me, let me go through this list for you here. We got some fucking from, love, some bees. Make That Money by Rabbi Rob's Club World. <laughs> <laughs> Bam Boogie by 
bamboo. <laughs> sure, sure. Here we go. You're gonna like this one. This takes you back. Careless Whisper by oh. Tamir. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's a classic. Let's see. A little bit of ecstasy by Jacqueline Ernest. En- Enriquez, I mean. Uh, here we go. Be, li- Be My Lover. Everybody knows Be My Lover by La Bouche. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a Beautiful Life by Ace of Bass. Fucking Ace of Bass. I love Ace of Bass. So that was already like, oh, cool. You got Ace of Bass on there? That's a great soundtrack. Uh, what is Love by Hathaway. Yes. Everybody remembers that. Uh, this is Your Night by Amber. <laughs> It's just a jam. Fucking jam. Pop music by third party is all right, but Insomnia by Faithless, that's a good one. Do you think I'm sexy? The Rod Stewart fucking trance remix, which is a fucking great remix. (laughs) That is a good one. I listen to this to this day still. Like like a week ago I had that on. Uh Disco Inferno by Sydney Lawfer is actually pretty good. Okay. Surprisingly for her later in her career. Um What is Love by Hathaway again, the seven remix, and then Where Do You Go by No Mercy. Way to go, yeah. Perfect way to fucking end that soundtrack, man. It's a good fucking track, man. It's a good OST all over. I just, I could put on all of it. That that music, though it is very much a product of its time, it still feels timeless. You put it on, you're like, you come alive. You're just like, this is great. You feel the emotion. It feels raw. And you're like, this is the dumbest movie with the most profound soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) You could like put it to your like breakups and your your family moments and your heart and your your heart wrenching tribulations. But then you look at it to what it plays, and you see mm-hmm. Chris Kattan, and we were talking about Will Ferrell earlier. It's like, this is him in his infancy. You see that, and it's like such a weird juxtaposition. They just don't line up. Like, the music just doesn't fit for the people they are, and that's why that movie is so jarring and, and, and casual, or, or I guess I could say comically a a mess. So much a comical mess. But yeah. it's it's enjoy- it's enjoyable. I like that movie. I like that music with it. There's, I, I would not disrecommended i would say it is very much a 90s movie and those are very much 90s songs mm-hmm. so if they'd still speak to you because you enjoyed that music originally then it still will but i i don't know i could see a younger person being like i don't know about any of this music <laughs> i right. mean but then again i enjoyed new wave and i was a kid in the 90s essentially yeah. so like i still liked music from like when i was a baby essentially <laughs> i'm not even born yet mm-hmm. so that might work for a lot of people still i it just it's weird it's a very strange mm-hmm. movie with strange music but, yeah but yeah i would definitely oh, say it's man. a good gift to give to anyone god damn i'd love that just fucking give it to them so joke much. gift serious gift it works it just works <laughs> yeah oh so good right yeah you're going to put that shit on later <laughs> i might if why might. not it's an all killer I mean, some of these soundtracks have like skits on them and what have you. That is all killer. There are no skits. It's just banger after banger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to get you going. It's going to get you going. All right. Um, my number three, I was going to put Men in Black on this, Ooh, but like I realized that actually the Men in Black soundtrack sucks. It's just, just the song. one song. Yep. Yep. It's just the it's one song. It's a big problem. Song. There's a lot of movies like that. Yeah, so I couldn't put it on here. So I am going for my number three, Friday. Oh, shit. That's a dope soundtrack. Yeah, we're talking. We got some Al Green. We got some Ricky Nelson. We even got Samuel Jackson doing like just, a mid-break just talking uh, to Ezekiel. What is that? <laughs> is that song by Dre? Is that Keep the Heads Ringing? Like uh, that ring ding Yeah, dong. ring ding ring dong. Ding, 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 dong. Yeah. I love that song. That's it's a good That's one. a Friday soundtrack, though, right? Andre Keep, Young, yeah. Yes, that's a fucking good yeah. song. 
Good I one. I, I hadn't heard it since the movie in many years, and I like cut the music video, and I was like, oh, I forgot about this song, and downloaded it, and just fucking yes. threw it on loop for a long time. Yeah, that's good, Dre, right there. That's it's like, good mean, stuff. It is good choice. Good, good choice. 90s. That's kind of like mine, where that's like just a solid soundtrack. And it, yeah, it's just a solid all around soundtrack. Yeah. That like, uh, I think it was one of those soundtracks where I think. Especially during this time, I guess you could say that for all of these films, because it was just at a time where, like, I picked up a lot of things from these films before I actually, uh, I guess, listened to their albums proper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely a common thing where people are like, I like this song because this movie made it popular. Mm -hmm. There's very much less of that now. But yeah. Yeah. It's what's happening now is like movies are bringing back songs and making them popular again. And that's getting weird. You know, because like those dirtbag teenage TikTokers got to get their content out there and <laughs> they got to bring these like make these old bands popular again. Because without them, it's like, what of course, else is man. OSTs course. are dead. So we need the, the dirtbag teenage TikTokers. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, all right. What's your next one? All right. So this one is, is a little more on the skit side, but it's still got so and not all of them are completely perfect. There are a few songs on here I'm not so great about, but the ones that kick are perfect. And that's Shauna the Dead soundtrack. Now, Ooh. I fucking love this soundtrack as like a background kind of just chill and do things because like the skits are always funny and they keep you in the mood of like just motivated to do stuff because they yeah. keep your energy high. But then when the songs come on that you like and you know, they just fucking take you away. I got fucking like some of my favorites was like Ghost Town by the Specials, Specials and yeah. then fucking Mr. Mental by the 80s Matchbox Beeline. <laughs> Disaster. Yeah. Disaster. Well, he's like, disaster is <laughs> say, say the whole thing. Well, Put yeah, yeah. Respect fucking, on it. <laughs> that's true. Do the whole thing because fucking that song is like it kicks off and it's like it feels like it's like a fucking uh, chase, like you're fucking yes. chasing someone. Yes. Like I feel like you're doing a fucking bank heist. And then Panic by the Smiths was perfect because of how the zombies are breaking out and how everyone's reacting. Uh, the thing that I really wanted to get right off the bat was because it had two Queen songs on it, and I yeah. thought that that was like fucking perfect to double up on for the way they used it in the movie like don't stop me now was pretty good and you're my best friend was like kind of tragic but it worked perfectly oh, yeah, yeah yeah where yeah it was like that worked uh, that worked so well but um probably most iconic is like a, one of the the ones from the movie that was used as a skit that actually made it in as a real song is was white lines by um fucking was it melamel 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 yeah, Melamel doing White Lines. That that actually became a skit in the movie that people quote very often more than they probably quote the song. And it was kind of funny at a moment. Maybe not so much now. Maybe it's changed. But when that movie was out, everyone was quoting that skit and didn't even really know about that song. Yeah, yeah. They just referenced that. And I was just like, you guys remember White Lines? It's a yeah, weird song. It's about cocaine addiction. Song, check it out. Man, check it's fucking out. weird Check out the music video. Fuck. They're just doing cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my uh, gosh. But uh, my favorite song of all that I had never heard of until actually checking this out was uh, Blue Wraith. Blue Wraith. Blue Wraith. Interesting. Do you know the song that he played in the beginning when he was going to work and everybody was just kind of like meandering around? Yes. The the, like that boop, 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 boop. That fucking is a good song. Like I had never listened to it before and actually coming across it in that movie. Yeah. It's uh, it's Blue Wraith by iMonster. Interesting. I'll check that out. Yeah. It's, It's such a, it's such a weird, quirky song. It reminds me of like, uh, Tiny Tim's kind of music and stuff. 
where it's like high pitch and like high energy. Yeah. And like you kind of you kind of feel like crazy while you're listening to it, but it's fun. I like that song a lot where I like to put it on and just get blitzed to it and just hear it. The long the full version is actually quite like long. It's like a three minute song, three and a half minute. But this version's only like a minute and a half. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Right. It's my favorite song on that album. That's a good that, one. That's a good album. That's a good one. Good yeah. choice. Um, all right. My number four choice is would be your number three, wouldn't it? No, my number three was uh what did I say? What was my last one? You were going for oh my gosh, my body yeah. shut down. It was uh Oh Holy the, shit! What did I just? You did choose? Batman Forever, and then after Batman Forever, I did Rushmore. Rushmore, yes. That's and why then, I got confused because I kept thinking of Royal Tenenbaums. And then I did the thing that I can't think of now. Friday, Friday, Friday. So Friday was your three. So this would be your number two then. This is my number two. Yes. Yeah. Okay. My number two, um, very quotable soundtrack. Everyone uh, quoted a lot of the songs from this, and that is Office Space. Oh, good one. Yeah, I really love the soundtrack. Of course, everyone goes with Demi Feels Good to Be a Gangster. Mm-hmm. But, um, hold on, let me we'll pull it No more. more Tears by what, Scarface? That's yeah, number one. two. That's my jam on that. That's a good, that's that's a a good, good choice. One. That was actually probably my number six if we had more. Okay. <laughs> that's a good one. I, I almost put that on there, but I was like, eh. There's like three songs on that that I really like to listen to most of all, but yeah, yeah, that's uh, a good. Get off my elevator. Yes. <laughs> I really like that one. That's a good one. That's a good fucking. That's, um, overall, it's a good fucking soundtrack. Everyone, yeah, the Ghetto Boys song, Damn It Feels Good, Good to Be a Gangster, but I like Still by the Ghetto Boys, which is also in there. That's kind of like the more somber one at the end. Um, what else we have? Um, and uh, when, uh, what's his name? Mike Judge went on. Uh, uh, Mike Judge went on Rogan. He's uh-huh. like, here's Big Dick Willie from the Ghetto Boys. I just brought him for fun. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, so, so many musicians. It's right? hilarious. It's always weird. I, I always find it weird that like one of my first reactions to go and like look up some like solid like R&B and hip hop is to look up this old white man. Okay. And his tastes. Because oh. even like he like will write about it or tweet about it or uh-huh. stuff like that. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna see what Mike Judge is talking about well, in the hip hop game. Yeah, when it comes <laughs> to music in general, his show Mike Judge Tour Bus is fucking yes. number one next to nothing. Like that, nothing comes up to the level mm-hmm. of, of like deep cuts and joy and like love you feel for Mike Judge about the music he's talking about. Yeah, and just the way he animates is fucking hilarious too. It's yeah, yeah. I dig it. He made inter- animated interviews funny. <laughs> That's weird, right? Yeah. But that's Mike Judge for you. That's Mike Judge, yeah. And a lot of what Mike Judge Mike Judge's soundtracks are pretty solid. Oh yeah, Beauty's Budget soundtrack almost got on here too. That'd be probably seven. Do America. That's a great one. Do America. Fucking the Chili Peppers doing that roller coaster song is good. There's so many the fucking White Zombie has a song on there. White Zombie, not Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. (laughs) That old. (laughs) Um Right. Damn, wait, Tommy. All right, yeah. what's your next? All right, so my second one is where things got a little more interesting, kind of in the vein that um, Royal Tenenbaums did, where it, it showed me some bands for the first time, and that's fucking Train Spotting. This OST is full of so many gems that I had never listened to before. I had never heard of Joy Division. Mm-hmm. I never heard of fucking Iggy and the Stooges. I was going crazy when I fucking put this on. I was like, okay, I need to hear all these back catalogs of their of the people who worked on this because I had never come across 
that kind of intensity and that raw feeling in that genre of music. It's the perfect type of music that I liked and from like The Cure, essentially. Mm-hmm. That Joy Division reminded me a lot of The Cure, where it's like the proto-punk going yes. into like the new wave. And Iggy, of course, is like the grandfather of most of that stuff. But getting to hear him for the first time, that was like blown. That was like my mind being blown. Like him and the Stooges and their just kind of distortation mm-hmm, of their music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and his energy. I was like, okay, this is a good soundtrack. I'm going to listen to this because I had found the soundtrack online pretty easily, even though I thought, oh, you know, this thing might be kind of hidden because train spotting is a bit of a, even though we reference it a lot and most of our friends know about it, it's still very much like an indie film, a more side film. It's not a very common movie. Yeah. And it's definitely hard for people to watch. That was on but. my, I guess, uh, I have like a list of things that didn't make the list. Oh, in book closes? The train spotting yeah, one? Train spotting's on it that It makes list. sense. It's a great one. I mean, it's got Bowie on it. Let's Bowie, be real. Yeah, There's good. a multiple Iggy Pop fucking Underworlds on here, which is great. And there's a few clips, not too many. And that's the thing that I, I appreciated about it is that there was like the quotes from the movie that mattered. And not just like little throwaway jokes. They took like the more iconic quotes and like peppered them in. And I'm like, oh, this is good. These are good. Tr- these are good sample tracks. I like this. It's a good sample. Mm-hmm. So fucking when it comes to OST, that was like for my life. That was a very pivotal one that kind of got me onto a lot of a lot of music. Because that would that's kind of for me like movies was a gateway to music. Sure. More often than not. Yeah. There was a ton of movies that I had like pulled music from over my life that I would have never heard probably without the movie, like unless I came across it through another band that like Last FM reference to me or something. But mm. it wouldn't likely happen, you know. It's a yeah. rarity. So, and that's generations of people who come across these tunes and still listen to them to this day. Yep, we'll keep them alive forever in a weird way. And Transpotting is great for that. Train spotting yeah, is good. That's, that's two from the UK for me, Kyle. How many you got from the UK? <laughs> um, I didn't. Yeah, not 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 that many. No, no, it's, no, no, it was kind of surprising to me where, like, right away, I was like, "Well, after shot of dead, I'm gonna go train spotting." <laughs> go from jolly London to not so jolly Scotland. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, All right. Um, let's see. What's my final? Let's see. Okay, I know what my final is. Before I do my final, I'm gonna name some things that um didn't make the cut. Honorable mentions. Um, we got Velvet Goldbine. Oh, uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, anything with Jet Li and Aaliyah or Jet Li and DMX. What well, Pulp Fiction is too early though. Yeah, that's why I didn't put it. It's '94. Yeah, trust me, I was right there too. I yeah. was like, oh, Pulp Fiction is probably one of the best, and I'm like, well, it's too. It's too, too early. Um. Let's see. Oh, brother, where art thou? Holy on shit! There. Yeah, that, I, that might. I but isn't that more of a less of an OST and like a score? Because like that's, it's like the 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 movie and the music kind of overlap with each other in a weird way, and it's all kind of original essentially. And their or their iteration of it. True. I don't know. Yeah, that's a bit of a gray area. That's a, it's like musicals. It's confusing. How do you quantify the soundtrack? Exactly. Well, no, well, because I'm gonna say the my last choice is one of these choices. Oh. It's it's all original music. But what quantifies it is the music videos at the time. Okay. Uh, the soundtrack itself was having commercials, mm-hmm. things like that, and like the whole the idea is that the the soundtrack was almost selling the film. Well, what about a movie like The Wall, where the soundtrack and the movie yeah. and the CD are all the same thing essentially? Yeah. Yeah, I there guess is no like difference. Technically, yeah, it's meant yeah. to be one thing. Just there's a visual end to it, but it was never 
Yeah, that's a weird one. Mm-hmm. Luckily, that never happens anymore. No. <laughs> so we don't have that problem, but We're that good. is a unique one. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> not too many people doing that many drugs. Nope, no, not enough. Unfettered, Unfortunately. At least. Um, okay, so my last choice, as I said, it is one of these films where it's technically, you could, you could say it's a score, okay. but the soundtrack was sold and packaged uh, as kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to look up his name because I can't think of it right now. It's um, the name of the man who wrote this song. God damn it. You're talking about Elvis Costello. He's dead. He died. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, it's, that's exactly it's who. It's the soundtrack Elvis Costello did for Austin Powers 2. Adam, uh, what's his name? Adam, Adam Schlesinger did all the music. You might know him okay. from the guy from that one band that I can't think of. Wow, my brain is going dead right now. <laughs> Holy shit, my buildup just went maybe, like... Maybe we shouldn't get aggressively high before we do podcasts I guess not. I no, guess damn it, not. we have a tradition. <laughs> it's that we thing you do. It's that thing you do. That's oh, Jesus Christ, that's God amazing. You're I was right. building right. it up. I was building right. it up too much and I forgot everything. But yeah, Adam Schlesinger, who yes. was oh, the... Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a- What's, amazing what's movie the name and of the soundtrack. band? Uh, Stacy's um, girl. Oh, Stacy's uh, mom. Found a Wayne. Found the Wayne. So he's the main. Stacy's girl. Stacy's girl. Yeah, Stacy's girl. I love yeah. that shit. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, what is it worse, Stacy's girl? Yeah, uh, uh, she's uh, got it going on. <laughs> he pretty much did the entire soundtrack, especially for all the Wonder stuff. But he also did like all the weird, like jazzy music mm-hmm. as well, and the. Uh, the Motown kind of songs as it's, well. It's like one of Rob's favorite movies. Jesus. I know. We I love a, that movie. We did a podcast on it a while back. <laughs> That's, how, That's how much we liked it. What a quiz. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. I mean, it's a good, it's, uh, it is a, an enjoyable and yes. just perfectly put together movie. The music flows great. The tempo is great. The speed on which the the story plays out is, yeah. is phenomenal. It's perfect, like yeah. one hit wonder movie. Never, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and it never was replicated again. They exactly. ne- never rose to that. Well, level. Did, I, 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 I correct you. It okay. was. Uh, replicated in that episode of South Park where they did the Guitar Hero. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. It, was, it was never reinvented. It was never reinvented again, but it was definitely remixed. Oh, Jesus. That was a great one. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, yeah. God, that was such a good one. But yeah, the soundtrack's great. I Patrick. have this soundtrack as well, and I, I played the That's a good soundtrack. Shit out of this That's soundtrack. actually... I, I didn't even think about that. That's because it's original music, too. Yeah. So and fun. they played that they played those music videos all on it's TLC. got that guy who's the 90s actor that's in like all 90s movies all the time like american werewolf that Paris one that like, one guy uh, yeah i know yeah. uh tom everett scott tom everett scott T- yeah T- yes yeah, jesus like to call him. <laughs> now he does like knockoff zombie tv shows yeah, what is he doing these he was days? doing like that movie called z or the tv show called z nation he was like the main character <laughs> The latest thing is something called the the summer I turned pretty. Oh no! <laughs> oh man! So that's where he's at. What was that movie where he had to kill his like he had to com- get his uh, college dorm roommate to commit suicide so he get all A's? Was it like oh shit? Dead dropout or dropout dead or something? No, I'm not thinking of fucking drop dead Fred. Drop dead yeah. Fred. I there don't you go. Best that OST one. of the night. No, that's like Hell late yeah. 80s. I think. I think even. it is. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. All right. Okay. All How right. about you? What's your All right. Last so this one? one's this one's got an interesting like place in my life because like it was back in like the early two thousand, probably like two thousand three, two thousand four, and I was still like pirating through like uh, 
I guess it would be Supernova at the time. So that was still relevant. And so I wanted to download Almost Famous off of Supernova. And I accidentally downloaded the OST. And I just remember opening it up and being like, holy shit. This is like a fucking great, like a fucking greatest hits compilation or not greatest hits compilation, but like a good compilation of like all the classic rock music that I had listened to growing up from my parents. So it was like stuff that I was aware of and liked because of that. And to see it all together in one place was actually kind of rare. Normally I didn't come across stuff like that because my parents would buy the albums. They never buy like, you know, rock and jams volume one. Like they wouldn't get that. Exactly. Yeah. So like seeing it like this and actually having it was kind of cool because I still burnt CDs at that time. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, Hey, fucking I'll throw this together. And it's actually got some fucking like monolithic fucking rock stars in one place. When you were talking earlier about how they broke money out to do these soundtracks, you immediately feel that right away because it's like the who simon and garfunkel leonard skinner elton john, john. yes led zeppelin dancer. fucking expensive to get led zeppelin oh, the beach boys man fucking the seas a little more lesser on it but the allman brothers still pretty big at okay. the time david fucking bowie still waters big rod stewart still pretty big at that time sure. and uh clarence carter which was not too big at that point in their career mm-hmm. but cat stevens still got some fire yes. this was another nice cat stevens one velvet underground velvet underground's on here too there's a lot of it. Oh man, the the way they use Tiny Dancer in the movie. Yes, that's when the most singing. iconic part of the movie. For and sure. that ties really well and to the all, soundtrack. And they all just kind of at the end that's, what they're singing. And that's why I was like so happy that I had gotten the soundtrack yes. too, because I was like, all right, I'm not even mad. I don't have the movie yet. I'll still get mm-hmm. that later. And mm-hmm. I did on my slow ass fucking download or my fifth, probably fifty six k even. Who knows? Still at that point. <laughs> So like I was like, all right, fuck it. I didn't explain to you why I got the movie and like or mu- download in a day. I'm like, oh, because yeah. it's just a soundtrack. <laughs> Fucking movie's gonna take good. a weekend. Fuck that was me. So good. What were they on? They were on like a bus. Or... Yeah, they were yeah. Just, okay. So they had just had that party where they he did LSD and everyone was like kind of hungover and yes. he jumped off the roof and nearly killed himself. Okay. Yeah. Left in there and they're riding back and it's very somber. Yeah. And they all quiet. start singing "Tiny Dancer" by Elton John and it's perfect. Yes. It's the it is the paramount or not it's the pivotal scene in the movie that it's the changing of like the gear of the emotion from like everything was fun and games before now we're. We're adults now. We're maturing into our reality that we have to accept. Right. And that's when the tone changed from the movie. From that point forward, the main character was like, I had to get back home. I need to get my life together. I can't live with these people. I got I'm going back. And it's it's such a good movie. And I enjoyed it. And I really wanted to watch it. But man, listen to the soundtrack was a good thing to tide me over. Yeah. It really was. I fucking burnt that to a disc and had it in my car rotating around for a while. It's one nice. of the it's one of the best soundtracks in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, yeah that's up there. Yeah, because it's got all fucking like really like iconic fucking bands. On, I don't have almost famous on here. Yeah, you should I get did. it. It was on the server for a bit when I had the music hard drive hooked up because my it's mm. one of my oldest fucking it's literally probably my oldest soundtrack that that's I've downloaded. Funny. It is wild. Yeah. So when you said this, I was like, oh, I got a few of these right away that I think of all the time. Because that one always sticks out to me because it tricked me. And it's happened before. It'll happen again where I'm like, is this the movie? No, this is the goddamn soundtrack. Ah, fuck. <laughs> That's great. Good yeah. good list. Mm. Oh, speaking of uh, white lines, uh, I, I put this, I just put Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I wanted to bring up the mutant, the new Mutant Mayhem movie has has white lines in it. Has white lines in it. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, they just has that. Oh, weird. Doesn't have the. It kind of has like a. Yeah, it doesn't have the that's, lyrics yeah. or anything. Well, there's yeah, there's. It a, even has, doesn't have the the tragic story about cocaine abuse. No, for children yeah. to understand while they watch their mutant ninjas. Yeah, it even uh, has. Uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, um. 
Fuck. Uh, You're lost today, Kyle. I am so yeah. I'm lost for words today. <laughs> I cannot think of. Find your words, Kyle. Anything. Dig them up. Here's the shovel. Uh, All right, twenty questions. What's it pertaining to? Is it a house? Wu-Tang. Is it a person? It's Wu Tang. Uh, oh, they the have two. Wu-Tang. They have uh, thirty-six <laughs> chambers, and then they have uh, thirty-six chambers. Is in the, the Ninja Turtles movie? Yes. Uh, that yeah. Uh, it's kind of weird. And then they have the uh, kind of Dirk McGurk song. Uh, which which the, Dirk McGurk, the uh, fucking hey dirty. Baby, you got your money. No, baby, I like it raw. Oh, ooh, baby, I like shimmy shimmy yo, shimmy shimmy, shimmy, shimmy yeah. yeah. Give yeah. me the mic so I can take it away. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Uh, I'm way too white to be rapping this much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh, that's all I wanted to bring up. So uh, good list. <laughs> Wait, those were on the Ninja Turtles soundtrack. Yeah, I was just like, it's an Wait, out oh, there baby, soundtrack. I like it raw. It's on the soundtrack. Yeah. For the kids movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty out there soundtrack. What the fuck? It was pretty good. I mean, I'm all yeah. like, wait, kids. Sounds better than the movie. Kids but I mean, are... you gave the movie a pretty good praise. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's still a kids movie, but I'm yeah, kind of leery of non fully animated Ninja Turtle movies. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. really just mm-hmm. give me an anime. Mm-hmm. I want a Ninja Turtles anime about the last last Ronin. Let's do that. There you go. Dude, that game's gonna be dope. Yes, dope. I don't even. I'm excited for that game. I'm already excited for it. I don't even know what it is. Don't know. Could could be be a rail shooter. It could be terrible. Pixels. Who knows? I mean, that could be cool. Turtles of Time. Pixels in the movie without. Oh Jesus Christ! (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit! It really is the apocalypse. (laughs) Oh, Oh, great list. Uh, Let's get out of here, Danny. What did we learn today with these lists? Did we learn anything? Ah, yeah, we learned that there is an easy way to pretty much bookend your movie and it's get good quality music and you it'll fill in your movie for you and do like half your work i mean look at what tarantino does look mm-hmm. at what wes anderson does mm-hmm. if you've got a good soundtrack your movie's gonna be fucking have laid out on like a good structure that'll kind of carry it along and now it's uh, not so much yeah, I'm not seeing that too much, and that's unfortunate. Unfortunate. There's no more like the kids at school being like, "Did you get the fucking Night at the Roxbury soundtrack? We need to bring that back." Night at the Roxbury Let's two. Let's get Chris Kattan some work. Yeah, where's he been? <laughs> that's what I learned today that Chris Kattan doesn't Kattan have any work, and we need to get more him work. back out there. Let's if if we learned one thing today, it's that Chris Kattan needs to be seen <laughs> every time he's not on camera. People should be saying, "Where's Chris Kattan?" <laughs> Cut it. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you love this podcast, we have a lot more content over at freespeechgeek.com. We have upcoming convention coverage, news about your favorite weeb shit. We also do in-depth takes like, are some fans more religious than Christians, Jews, and Muslims? Spoiler alert, yes, some of you crazy people are. All that and more over at freespeechgeek.com. Go check it out, you psychopaths.